ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We welcome you to Gospel Dynamite, a Christian broadcast dedicated to the salvation of the lost and the revival of God's people. I'm Alan Mashburn, your Bible teacher and the pastor of Asbury Baptist Church, located at 218 Asbury Church Road in Seagrove, North Carolina. We invite you to visit our church at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock. On Sunday evenings, we provide online services which can be viewed on gospeldynamite.org. Now please join me in the study of the Word of God. Let's turn our Bibles to Judges chapter 16, verses 18 through 20. When God abandons a nation. Now folks, listen to me. I am not a doomsday kind of guy. I am not pessimistic all the time. I'm certainly not optimistic all the time, but I am a realist. And I'm also a Bible student. And I know what the Lord says, and I know what the Lord will not tolerate. And so it is our message that you must strengthen your faith to know and to navigate these waters. We're in waters we've never been before. Now look with me in Judges chapter 16, verses 18 through 20. The setting here is Delilah and Samson. Delilah is seducing Samson. Samson is the strongest man that we know of of his time. We could even say physically in strength, he was the strongest man that ever, man that ever lived. Bible says in Judges chapter 16, verse 18, And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he hath showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in, her, in their hand. And she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. Verse 20. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as, as at other times before and shake myself. And here's the, here's the undertone here. I want you to underline if you underline in your Bible. And wist, that's an old English word for no, and he wist, he knew not that the Lord was departed from him. He wished, he knew not that the Lord was departed from him. Judges chapter 10, verses 13 and 14. Just a few pages back. Judges chapter 10, verses 13 and 14. The Bible says, Yet ye have forsaken me and served other gods. Wherefore I will deliver you no more. Go and cry unto the gods which ye have chosen. Let them deliver you in the time of your tribulation. Now I ask you to turn to Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. And if you want to just listen, just listen. I would rather you pay attention than search all day in the scriptures. Proverbs chapter 1 verses 24 through 31. The Bible says, Because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded but ye have said it not all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh, 
When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me. But I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 17, tucked away in a little bitty prophecy. The Lord says Ephraim, another name for Israel in the text. Ephraim is joined to idols. Let him alone. Jesus in Matthew 15 reiterated that. He said, they're blind leaders leading the blind, in essence. Let them alone. Doesn't sound like the God of the Bible, does it? We've related him in our culture to be the God of love, that he accepts everything and everyone. And in salvation, that is true. In repentance, that is true. But you cannot live like you want to and expect God to bless. It does not happen that way. And if God was that way toward Israel, a covenant people, how much is he going to be that way to America who is not a covenant people? I believe according to the word of God that God not only abandons mankind, but based on these verses, he abandons nations that seek to do their own devices. Turn with me to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, God abandons people to their own devices. Romans chapter 1, begin reading in verse 18. Romans 1 and verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold, or the word there is suppress the truth uh, in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Interestingly enough, the word for wise there is the same word in Greek, which is morioso, which means that he is uh, he who pro- professes himself to be wise is the same word we get our name moron, our, our word moron from. God says we're professing ourselves to be moronic. And they became fools. They changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image made like unto corruptible man, into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God, listen to me, underline your scripture, God gave them up. 
God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator. The word creature there literally means creation or literally humanism in that they're worshiping themselves. As a dual meaning, they can worship the creation and they can either worship themselves. And that's the crux of humanism. Man is built to worship and man is constantly worshiping something. Whether he's worshiping idols, whether he's worshiping money, or whether he's worshiping himself and his intellect. And God says, I don't tolerate that. God has had enough. And if he felt this way in the Old Testament with Israel, how much he must feel with us today. I'm not saying that America cannot be saved. And I will take you back to the scripture in Psalm 81 where God has promised that if there is a spiritual renewal and a spiritual repentance, he does not drag his feet and he will do what he said he will do. But I'm simply saying there is the wrath of God that must be considered in this world today and we must look at it. There are five different distinct manifestations of the wrath of God. One, you have eternal wrath. Eternal wrath is when people go to hell, they suffer the wrath of God. It is eternal because it never ends. It is eternal because their fate has been sealed by their own decision not to accept Jesus Christ. Men do not go to hell because they are just sinners. We are sinners and we are going to heaven if you've accepted Christ. Men go to hell because they reject Jesus Christ and His payment for sin. That is eternal wrath. That wrath never ends. If we were given the ability to after 10 million years to look into the lake of fire and see these men and women who have been rejectors of God, we would still see them suffering in the wrath of God. It is eternal. That's the eternal wrath of God. Then you have a manifestation we'll call the eschatological wrath of God, that is the end time wrath of God. The eschatological wrath of God is is going to be revealed during the tribulation period. It is going to be horrific. There are people who read the book of Revelation and there are even people who believe that the revelation has already taken place. That's garbage. There are people who believe that the revelation is nothing but imagination and fable. That is garbage. There are people who just reject the Bible because they reject God. That is not an excuse. That is not a reason to stand on. And the Bible says that just because you have a different viewpoint than God, you are without excuse. You have to see the things how God sees them. 
And it amazes me how preachers can preach and how preachers can read the Word of God and yet preachers can come away so differently from the text and not believe that this Bible is the Word of God. It amazes me how believers, so-called believers, can come to this Bible and be a Bible student as they say they are and come away and say, you know what, I know what that says, but here's what I believe. It doesn't matter what we believe. It's not up here. It's right there. When we stand before God, it's not going to be a philosophical debate. God's not going to look at you and say, what did you learn? What do you think? No, at the judgment seat of Christ for believers, we're going to be rewarded based on this book. This is our standard. At the great white throne judgment in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15, when God calls up everyone who has rejected him as Savior, they're going to be standing in front of God Almighty, and they're going to be judged by the standard of this book. Doesn't matter what your philosophy is. Doesn't matter what your educational background is. It matters what you've done with Jesus Christ. Then there's calamitous wrath. Calamitous wrath is revealed in the Bible when God has reacted in His anger over sin and when God has destroyed great cities. As far as I know that God has not unleashed His calamitous Wrath on this nation as of yet in that no cities have been completely destroyed. I do believe, based upon the Word of God and nothing else, but I believe that everything that we are seeing, that God is in total control, and that everything that we're seeing is a result of God's judgment on this land and on His creation. There has been 198 hurricanes that has hit the Florida and the Louisiana coastline and the Gulf coastline since 19 or 1898, I believe it was. But just this one, Hurricane Ida, according to experts, has been a result of climate change. Listen to me. I am not a person that stands up here and says, you need to just do what you want on your own land or the earth. I believe we should protect this earth because God created it and God protects it and God gave it to us. But listen to me, you cannot call the acts of God and the judgments of God climate change just to soothe your conscience. It is an act of God and He's sending it, He's allowing it, and God is calling His creation to repentance. And the Bible says there without excuse. And the Bible says in verse 23, watch your Bible in Romans chapter 1. Wherefore God gave them up. Verse 26, for this cause God gave them up. Look with me in verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, 
God gave them over to a reprobate, which means a depraved mind to do those things which are not convenient. Every nation in the history of this world has always gone down the tube and it always started from stepping away from God and it always began with a sexual revolution. Well, go back to the 60s and 70s, you had that already. Go back to the days of Hugh Hefner and the Playboy and you had all that already. And I can't even, you couldn't even imagine or count how many pornographic sites are labeled and, and domiciled in America today. This is us today. And I'm convinced beyond doubt that we're in the same sense that in a true reality, God has abandoned us as a country. If God would bring this to Israel and say, I am going to leave you alone. Why don't you go and get those other gods and let them take care of your troubles? If he would do that to a covenant people like Israel, what would he do to America who is not a covenant people? Don't be surprised. Because the Bible says in Acts chapter 14, verse 16, it says this. This is straight from the Apostle Paul. In the generations gone by, that is past history. In the generations gone by, who in times past suffered, old English word for permitted, all nations to walk in their own way. God says, I am never going to force you to serve me. God will never force you to love him. God will never force you to be saved. God lets you make that decision. God will never let a nation disrespect him and spit in his face and spit on his holy Bible. It won't happen. He will abandon them to their ways. We've killed, murdered 70 million children. 70 million children and that blood is on the hands of America. We need a backbone of steel to stand up, but my friend, we also need some knees to bend to God and say, oh God, it's not about just fighting. It is about getting on our knees before God. We've moved away from God and we have literally stuck our tongue out in His face and say, get me if you can. Na-na-na-boo-boo. There's a reason why America is not mentioned in Bible prophecy. And it's because America will be torn by her own insides. The Bible says in Psalm 11 and verse 30, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And don't you walk around and say, Well, if Donald Trump was back in the White House, all this would be over. No, it wouldn't. Our Savior is not Donald Trump. In fact, our Savior don't live in the White House. The only thing that's going to save this country is the God of heaven. And the only thing that's going to save this country 
is for Bible-believing Christians to get on their knees before a holy God and plead and intercede on this nation's behalf. Do you love your children that much? Do you love your grandchildren that much? Do you love God that much? Do you love this country that much? Because if you do, you will get on your knees before God, not just once, repeatedly, and not just once, every day, and ask God to forgive us of our national sin. Texas has just passed a law, the heartbeat bill for babies. There are people saying, we have got to defeat that. Supreme Court says, we're going to let it stand. Department of Justice come out and said, we're going to sue the state of Texas. Now, I'm not an attorney, but I know enough law for this. If the Supreme Court says, we're going to let that law stand, stand that means that it does not contrast with any existing constitutional law. That being said, with them being the Supreme Court in the land, it means that if anyone brings up a lawsuit against this same bill because the Supreme Court has not challenged it, anyone who bringing up a lawsuit, they have no standing. That is, the law has to stand on its own merit. Translate that down a little bit. You can't sue against that law because the Supreme Court says it is totally functional and constitutional. That's not what our country says. I got a, I get them every week nowadays. I got an email this week from a man who said in his email to me, I am sick of you and I tell you that it is un-American to say that you do not believe in abortion. It is a woman's own right for her to do anything she wants with her body. My response, thank you for your loving note. You are correct, sir. It is a woman's right to do what she does to her body. She has to give an account to God for that. It is not the woman's right to touch another human being's body. And that, my friend, is that baby. If you want to make a decision whether or not to procreate, the time to do that is before you get all googly-eyed and warm and fuzzy and heading toward the bedroom. Let's call it what it is. That is your time to decide. If you're so irresponsible, deluded, and delusional, and just plain dumb, and just do not know what causes pregnancy, maybe you need to go back and have Health 101. The problem is you love your flesh more than you love anybody else. The problem is the heart trouble. The problem is a problem in the heart. And the problem is never going to be solved until the heart is solved. You can make laws. You can legislate all you want. But until somebody comes to this blessed book and gets on their knees and accepts Jesus Christ as their Savior, they will never change. Laws won't do that. Only God can do that. Turn with me to Psalm 81. I said a moment ago, there's calamitous wrath. There's also consequential wrath. Consequential wrath is when you 
vehemently disobey God and he punishes you. Psalm 81, verses 11 through 16. But my people would not hearken to my voice. And Israel would none of you, none of me. The text literally in, in Hebrew says, but Israel wouldn't have anything to do with me. This is the God who supplied their every need. This is the God who gave them manna from on high daily, renewed to eat every day while they were in the wilderness. This is the same God who, who when the Israelites had the same shoes for 40 years, they never wore out. God saw to that. God was in the details. And then he says, Israel would have none of me. Verse 12, so I gave them up. God abandoned them. God says, you want to do anything you want to do. Now listen to me, God has the power in one simple thought to destroy. God can do that, but he doesn't. Watch your Bible. My people would not hearken to my voice in Israel would none of me. So I gave them up unto their own hearts, lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Notice your Bible. Verse 13. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me and Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies. Let me break down a little bit what this verse is saying to us. Verse 13. But God is placing this here for us to have absolute hope in the fact that, oh, that my people had hearkened unto me. And Israel had walked in my ways. Notice he says, I should soon. In Hebrew, that can also be translated is that God says, I would quickly. What's he doing in verses 13, 14? He's opening a door. And he's saying to his people Israel that if, if, if there comes a time that you will in fact hearken unto me. Remember this is the same God who said 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, then will I hear from heaven. Then will I turn from their sin. Then will I hear their land. And he says it again. And he says, if they would hearken to me, Oh, that would change everything. I should soon, I would quickly have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord should have submitted themselves unto Him, but their time should have endured forever. That had you hearkened to my ways, I would have quickly, I would never have dragged my feet. I would quickly be there on your end. Had you hearkened to my name, I would have fed them also with the finest of the wheat and with honey, in verse 16, out of the rock should have I have satisfied thee. God said, I'm I would literally drown you in blessings if you would do things my way. Let's plead our case to the Heavenly Father. He's come to Him and say, God, I don't know what you've got to do. I don't know if it's too late according to you, but God, please, please hold back. Please don't abandon us. Please, God. When's the last time you pled with God over anything? 
Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We trust it's been a blessing. Trust you'll have a great week in the Lord. Log on to our website, gospeldynamite.org, and let us know if you've accepted Christ or this message has helped you. God bless you, and we trust you have a great day in the Lord.